hello and welcome to another edition of the Trivelo Coaching Podcast. I'm here joined with the founder of Trivelo Coaching, as always, Jared Donnelling, and we have a special guest here who is fresh from a ride. They've both just done a ride in the hills. Uh, thanks for joining us, Joe. Welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> all good. All good. Um, now, I really appreciate you um, not getting changed, just getting straight off the bike. <laughs> Sweaty mess, you guys have just done a hard session. Yes. Uh, actually, it was a beautiful day for a ride, Jordan, which is uh, a little bit different to what we've experienced in the last... 15 or 16 weeks. Yeah. That's yeah, what makes cool. writing worth it. Uh, so yeah. we've got Joe on today uh, as a special guest because uh, if you don't know Joe, he's a, a member of the Trivelo family. He just won the national time trial, individual time trial title at the Masters in Adelaide a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it was an incredible win. And so we've got him on today to discuss his journey because it's been a big journey for him to get there, a big journey of persistence. And it's really worth hearing. And also... Um, Dad won't like talking about it, but he also won um, a clean sweep at the Nationals, so I'm going to ask him a few questions as well, because, again, you don't like talking about it, but everyone likes hearing about it, so exactly how you did it. Um, <laughs> so, we're going to dive into that today. It's actually uh, really exciting, because Joe's mm. story is uh, pretty exceptional, how he got there, and winning a Nationals title is no mean feat. So, I want to start with your thoughts on, take us back to when Joe started with Travelo Coaching, and where he was at, and how he's kind of gone on this journey. Yeah, well, uh, there's a couple of ways to look at it. Um, if I look from the two weeks ago, the result, and then think about that, and then work my way back to when I first met Joe, and the sort of rider he was then, and I just see completely two different people now. Um, and that's the exciting part for me, is seeing seeing Joe evolve. He was a strong rider, there mm. was no question. He, he could ride with most groups, um, and it's hard for Joe to sit here and listen, but, um, but you know, he, he had really good qualities as a cyclist, but there were certain things he was doing that were preventing him from succeeding. And, and I'm not saying anything he, we've not discussed yeah, right. um, <laughs> openly. And yeah. slowly but surely, Joe listened and uh, started to execute all of the things that uh, we suggested would help him become a better cyclist. And, and the, main, the main thing that I think that was uh, Joe's uh, holding him back was that he was training the same way all the time and training too hard um, and not training hard enough. And... That is something I've always said, you know, mm. in order to train harder, you need to train less mm. um, intensity. And, and that was the one thing. And even right up to race day, um, you, you had become such a better rider with that key goal in mind. And, mm. you know, when I asked you to train harder, you trained harder. When I asked you to, to do more recovery easier, you actually started to do it properly. And it was mm. only until that happened that your riding changed. And the second thing that Joe, Joe had more self-belief and that was such a crucial aspect of um, him believing that he could actually do it. And, you know, that was something that took a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that was, that was the turning point. When you started to believe that you could do it, um, that to me was, um, yeah, just fantastic turning point mm. and um, got the desired result so so yeah. what happened you've had a few cracks this is obviously your first nationals win you had a few cracks um, <clears throat> years before what was the best result you had uh, oh, three three years ago at Queensland I finished 11th 
John one, John Kane yep. one. So you know, so I was looking at what John was doing. How far um, behind John were you? Uh, over a minute. <laughs> you know, long enough to know I wasn't in his league. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, last year was finished fourth. Um, same category as John again, but um, yeah, I was third until. Uh, uh, until the last rider came in, so that was a bit disappointing. But again, I was off. I, there was a time gap still, so yeah. I knew I wasn't quite at the level still. Do you think that was mental yeah. or physical, or still a bit of both? Uh, yeah, definitely a combination of both. Yeah, yeah. Joe wasn't quite at the level that he is now a, a year ago. So you know, it's okay saying if you do these things straight away and you have the right mental uh, attitude and belief that you'll change, it's, it takes three years to get to that point. Mm. It just doesn't happen in in a minute. Um, and that's the hard part for people to to really... They're not, not patient enough. Mm. And Joe was, however long this is going to take, I'm, mm. I'm on the journey with you. So... Mm. Um, and the guy who won last year's time trial at Meetung beat John Kane, um, and he was there this year, and he beat and Joe beat him. Yeah, he, Joe beat him, and Joe was beaten by him last year by mm. would have been a minute. Yeah, over a minute. Over yeah. a minute. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was <laughs> more satisfying to beat the guy who had won it the previous year. Mm. And by the way, John Kane had won six or seven in <laughs> yeah. a row. Yeah. Had not lost yeah. a national TT time trial. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a really valuable lesson in two parts because one, it's for we get a lot of people saying I want to achieve this goal in sixteen weeks, and you go, "Geez, you're not giving me much time." Um, mm. And also, just um, willing to not just take longer than sixteen weeks, but willing to um, go for as long as it takes. And if that's three years, then so be it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So take me through the last year then, because it was fourth fourth place how did you feel after coming fourth and in terms of your headspace and thinking about the next year well i just felt i didn't like uh <laughs> well the form that i filled in when i joined trivello i can't remember the exact question but what do you something along the lines of what do you want to achieve i think i i just wrote i just, just want to win something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because I, you know, spent years riding and watching guys, <laughs> you know, always get over the top of us. So um, that that was pretty. That was always in the back of my mind. And then the last year, I guess, I come to the. Um, I guess my what I felt was that I had Jerry providing me with these programs, and I didn't. I I felt like in the last year I finally decided to fully commit to the program mm-hmm. so I would do you know I just say to myself you know every session every number just do what you're being told yeah. and you know because I felt like Jerry is fully committed the yeah. way the type of person he is yeah. um, he's fully committed to me and I need to be fully committed to the program to to see where it could take me <laughs> and, and the, there was enough there was enough evidence around me, you know, John Kane and Tim and uh, all the guys that are achieving stuff and Jerry, (laughs) well, particularly Jerry and watching him train. I had the, I had the 
luxury, I've not been right, the, yeah. the benefit of training with him for yeah. the last 12 weeks yeah. leading up to the Nationals and yeah. watching him achieve the clean sweep. Mm. So I had all this around me, going around me, and, and I'm thinking, well, <laughs> it's there it is. Yeah. yeah. And also, there's you know, from a family point of view, I'm committed time-wise, so I need to maximize what I'm doing here. Otherwise, they're just looking at me thinking, well, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spending all these hours, but you're, you're getting the same result. Yeah. Or, you know, either you're entitled to feel like that too. Yeah, yeah. So there were a number... I think that was one of the important things that I finally yeah, mm. committed to the program. It was interesting listening to Jerry, you know, sort of say that, you know, I was trying to... My recoveries were starting to become more like recoveries and... Yeah, that was that sounds strange that I'm talking. We're talking about the recovery yeah. bits, mm. but they obviously were so important because they enabled me to go out and um, do the harder sessions better. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And what about what about the preparation? Uh, you know, twelve weeks out when you start going. All right, we're here now. Everything else is more building around the base and. Um, just developing yourself as a rider, but twelve weeks out, you kind of go, or ten weeks out, you kind of go. Right, we're, we're ten weeks away. What do we do? Yeah, and I think uh, the discussions Joe and I have had um, evolve around getting everything going our way, and that starts from obviously having the benefit of a really good program. That, that's the first thing. If you haven't got mm. a program to work to that isn't hasn't been successful, and we know that these programs work from the previous people who've done them and succeeded. So you've got to have that, but it's all the other things, the the strength and conditioning, the stretching, the getting enough sleep, the nutrition, the altitude sleeping, mm. um, the pre-ride uh, preparation, the, the in-ride drinking nutrition, the post-ride, you know, every single thing we could think about, um, who are we riding with on what days, getting the right people to ride with, uh, the right venues. It's just not one thing. It's a combination mm. of mm. at least 10 different things. And I've probably missed out on... Mm. Bike set up. Yeah, getting in the right... That's a great Equipment. point. Yeah. yeah. Sitting yourself and, you know, giving yourself the best chance mm. to ride the best if you're sitting in the right position. Mm. Um, yeah, so, so really that's our thought process and that's what we discussed all that time out. We're going to do this properly and... I suppose from my point of view, I wasn't in very good shape, whereas Joe was coming into it, had really good base, and it was now now building his confidence uh, and his self-belief, but also executing uh, all the one percenters, and boy, did he embrace those. You know, I said we need to sleep at altitude. He went and got that organised, even though it was, you know, we didn't probably get enough time on that. No, no, no. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, taking beetroot juice two days out before you know something that's a natural uh, product that that is the testing's proven um having a skin suit that's fast having a helmet that's fast mm. um sitting in the right aerodynamic position on the bike all these things are just so crucial um the warm-up having that right having it down pat and and knowing mm. um that every time you go to a race this is my warm-up yeah and it gets me so ready for the race and Probably one of the good things that happened was we had the state titles probably mm. four weeks out, I think. Mm. And Joe actually won the state title. So it was his first major title that he'd ever won. Mm. And that, I think, for him was a 
turning point in his own self-belief was like, far out. I just won a title. Is that mm. true? Is that? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was, uh, it was <clears throat> no disrespect to the field, but it wasn't uh, uh, like a, oh, you know, there wasn't a really deep field. Yep. So obviously, I was confident that if I did a good ride, I was going to be thereabouts. It's another another hum- yeah. humbling answer from Joe. Yeah. Um, yeah. His time and his power on that day were equivalent to some of the best riders there. So mm. it doesn't matter who's in his race. It's just mm. comparing that to. To some of the better time trials, yeah, mm. and uh, yeah, and he's uh, you know exactly where you were in the field, yeah. seventh, yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, overall, overall, yeah. as a fifty-five-year-old yeah. against thirty-year-olds, Joe's the seventh fastest time trialer mm. on that day. So that was one of the things I said to him: "You've yeah. arrived. This mm. is it." You know. Mm. And this, the reason we wanted to do this podcast isn't yeah. just to um, make you feel uncomfortable and talk about how good you were, but it mm. is a really good story of persistence. And so, um, mm. and that's the reason you don't like talking about yourself. It's not just about the winning or that you always say the end result comes from the work that you do. And we just want to talk about that work because a lot of people would be asking, well, what did you do then to, to wipe off a minute from last year? And mm. What was different about this preparation? All those one percent, as you said, are one thing, but how did you know that coming into this year's preparation that... Um, or what did you do that really got um, got that minute off and got him to that level? Is that to me or to Joe? Well, as a co- I was asking as a coach. Yep, okay. Mm. Yep. I don't want to dominate the conversation because yep. I really want to hear from Joe yep. um, and how he felt things were different. Um, so probably you, you you start, Joe. Tell yeah, me. Yeah, uh, just, <clears throat> just every session, every number. I yep. just was confident that, um, yeah, if I just kept... Um, you know, look at the program on a weekly, you know, because Jerry releases it only a week in advance and you look at the program and I just pick out the the, the sessions which were going to challenge me the most and I'd do everything to try and make sure I was um, the freshest I could be for that session and make sure, you know, if I was, if I was going to fail a session during the week, I'd didn't want it to be that session that was going to challenge me the most. I was hoping that, hoping it'd be another one because I'd managed that session in mm. particular. So a couple of the challenging sessions would have been on the velodrome, the four by eights, or um, where mm. you know, sort of Wednesdays. Yeah. So it was just, it was just, I can't, I don't have another explanation for it other than that. And then of course, um, the proof so to speak, was coming out in the pudding in, in terms of Jerry was organising the ITTs down on Beach Road and every time, once every three weeks or something, and every time I did one of those, numbers were creeping up and mm-hmm. the time was dropping down. But we're only talking about minuscule differences, mm-hmm. but they were, um, you know, if the time dropped by 10 seconds but the watts were up by five. Um, and But you just, you, this... Um, uh, you get this momentum we were yeah. talking about it before, and yeah. you suddenly start to think, "Hang on a minute," and I'm not in, I'm not in full race mode here, or I'm not. We've still tapered. got six weeks, mm. and yeah. yeah, we're not tapered. We'll be on the back of a Saturday ride, and <laughs> yeah. I'm not fresh, and yeah. and I'm still improving. I'm still improving, and and I don't. Yeah, I still see that. I feel like I don't. I haven't reached a plateau that I'm not. I still feel like I can uh, improve. I don't, yeah. Yeah. Um, because of the the program, yeah. mm-hmm. and I've sort of seen if I um, 
do the program and recover well for the next session that I can improve and feel like there's still areas in my writing that yeah. I still need to improve. How's um, that for um, proof of yeah. improvement? Because a lot of people who are writing for years just feel like they kind of maxed out on their improvement. Mm. They might have improved previously when they started out, but mm. after a few years, and that is the principle of diminishing returns where your improvement does get smaller and smaller. But oh, definitely. That, yeah. that can be a false belief that you don't have any more to go. Yeah, you've, you've heard me, and so have you, Joe, heard mm. me say that many times that if you uh, continually repeat the same thing, you'll get the same result. Yeah. So <laughs> at that point when we decided that the Nationals was going to be our focus, yeah. we, we had to rejig and provide some overload so that we get improvement again yeah and and that's what we did and one of the things that was you know it, it's always hard to pinpoint one thing but because yeah. there's, there's at least a dozen things that we changed yeah. um, but they were on really tiny changes yeah um, such as making sure that we had uh, time trial practice mm. uh, in under race conditions against other people yep. it didn't didn't matter that you weren't at an event but we were no. providing our own event yeah um, as joe talked about the beach road time trials and we i think we did four of them yeah um, plus the, the the competition events that were organized so mm. we ended up probably having six to eight time trials in that 16 12 weeks um, so it was almost one every two or three weeks mm. we were having a race situation so Come race day, you are so in tune with racing, the preparation, the execution, mm. and it's it, the anxiety is just so much less. Whereas someone who's had one or two races and gets to the race, you know, the state time trial t- title was, you know, it's a big din- a big deal. Mm. Um, but you know, as Joe would say, you know, how how anxious were you on that day? How what was your anxiety level like? Yeah, no, it was fine on the state day. And they were, you know, pretty atrocious conditions. That was more, if I was anxious at all, it was more about, you know, making Staying sure I stayed bike. upright. Yeah. Yeah, than, yeah. Than you weren't anxious about your performance or how you were going to ride? On? Oh, on the, at the state on, titles? On, yeah, the state no, not really. Yeah. I never saw, I never, the state titles wasn't really a goal, to mm. be honest. It mm. was just, it was another, I just saw it as another. It was the equivalent, really, to me, as the beach road races. Yep. I yep. held it in the same sort of. Yeah. It was important to do and important to. It was gr- it was a great one to do in terms of um, um, uh, executing in atrocious conditions. You know, sort of making sure you thought about what you did when. Yeah. Um, I thought yeah. the state titles, yeah. and so that was good from that point of view because. I don't know, but you know, maybe there's people that haven't didn't prepare in those kind of conditions. Yeah, and there's so dozen things that you talk about that you change a lot of things that yeah. must have given you confidence compared to other years. You must have been feeling, especially leading into the actual nationals. Yeah, all these things you've changed that are one percent is that add up. That add up. Mm. How much confidence did that give you? Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's kind of yeah, just confidence. Um, just gave me a surety that if we if we executed to our <laughs> our numbers that we would produce a good time and that would be in the ballpark for you know we we thought for yeah. the podium pretty much yeah that's the kind of yeah, yeah. I don't call it confidence so much as just yeah assurance is a good word yeah yeah, yeah. 
one of the things that we didn't kind of mention was this is how far we went. Um, a group of us <laughs> flew to Adelaide. Of course, Ricky. <laughs> and, and went and reckoned... Rec- what's the word? Yeah, of course. Recon. Recon. Reconnaissance. Reconnaissance. Yeah. Uh, reconciled, is it? No. Yeah. Um, but uh, went over the course, uh, and so we knew it intimately, the road course and the time trial course. Mm. And th- that's going the extra step, you know. That's the thing I was talking about before, the one percenters. That was a huge effort, expense, mm. um, time consuming away from your family. Um, but Joe was willing to, I said, that's what we're doing. He said, yep, what date? And that's the sort of response that, you know, I, I just loved about coaching Joe. Was, mm. It was not, you know, and there was never a complaint about it. It was like, you think I can do that? I'll have a go at it. Um, and, and it was know. so important because I came away from that. Uh, I've still got the numbers in my head. There was a, a pothole at 4.7, a pothole at 7.7. 7. Uh, there was a, a left turn at 9K mark and... Um, it was a tight left turn, um, but we, because of the recce, mm. we, I'm sure you mm. powered mm. through it and were on the horns. And I heard guys afterwards saying they, you know, got off of the horn and mm. rode around it and, you know, didn't pedal. And we it stayed, just, we there was stayed no way. and there's four yeah. seconds gain. Yeah. Guess what? You won by seven. Yeah, that's it. You know, yeah. who would know? And you do that corner twice, of course, on the mm. way out and on the way back. So, um, yeah, mm. it was sort of knowing the courses. Yeah, super. Im- I don't know how you do a TT without knowing the course. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> now that's yeah. not mm. in my that's not in my thinking ever. Mm. You know, sort of to be able to go. Yeah, and look, the tapering week we talked mm. talked a little bit about that as well. Um, and obviously, all the other races, like some of those beach road races, we rode 150k the day before and then lined up, and Joe still did a PB on beach road the next day. Mm. And those signs to me are someone who's who's really the form is coming and. And I've always said you can't hold form for a long time. You know, that's just the nature. It's just too difficult. There's mm. got to be periods where you, you maintain form. Right. Um, but certainly uh, working backwards from race day to the start of our program, we needed to have periods where, um, and that's why the state was good because we had a little mini taper right. and got a little recovery uh, okay, right. yeah. um, yeah. and then performed quite well, obviously, yeah. um, and then got our heads back down and then, had mm. one more block of training mm. and tapered. And I think that Joe is every athlete I coach is different. So one taper doesn't suit everybody. And for Joe, it was get rid of the fatigue and the, and the volume. Mm. And we started doing a lot of short, hard, hard, shorter, intense stuff, but there was no volume. So his fatigue was just getting rid of, mm. you know, by the time he got to race day, um, it was fresh as he's ever been. So <clears throat> that was something that I think we did quite well with Joe. And the short, intense stuff was great because it felt like the engine was still yep. revving and ticking. It didn't, you know, I think there were mm. people that taper with, that cut out volume intensity. Just rest. And yeah. they kind of feel like they're not quite... Awake. Awake, yeah, whereas mm. I didn't feel that at all. I felt like, uh, yeah, mm. it was sort of... So yeah. I want to know more about the yeah. actual execution of the day because you've done all this preparation, mm. you've tapered well, uh, you've done as many of the one percenters as possible, and you said to me before we started this that when you got to the line you were again assured, but mm. you also noticed the guys around you weren't so assured. Mm. Correct. Yeah. So the good thing was the warm up area was about four kilometres from the start line, so um, 
Uh, so as Jerry mentioned before, we'd had a chat <laughs> prior to the race that we wanted to make sure we stuck to our plans. So that reinforced, you know, sort of that reinforced my mindset. Um, what did you say? Which is smack each other in the back of the head if we I said uh, if I look at the data when you when I, when you finish this race and you have gone too hard in the first five k when we know the race is from five k onwards mm. I'll smack you in the back of the head <laughs> and I said you're welcome to do that to me and that was to just remind ourselves that the race can be lost in the first 5k it can't be won and yeah. and the hardest sections in time trialing is when you need to be the best rider you possibly can not when it's easy mm. and a lot of people made that mistake in that race because mm. it was very fast downhill with yeah. a few uphills and yeah. you feel like a million dollars yeah and you know pretty soon you're carrying a piano because you've gone too hard and you can't yeah. pedal yeah um, so it was really important that the start uh, you hold back yeah yeah so in that four kilometer little um roll down to the start line i was just sort of saying to myself don't waste the work <laughs> you know execute mm. do you know just follow the plan mm. <laughs> don't don't waste the don't waste all your training efforts um and then we got to the start line and yeah i was noticing that i was felt really calm and and others around were a bit more fidgeting and um didn't think about it too much then yeah. but i just recall it now and um and then that first 5k's that jerry talks about i just um i must have repeated about 30 or 40 times to myself just control control every time i looked down um number was getting a bit high i was just able to bring it back yeah um because just constantly <laughs> saying to myself um yeah control control and then the second leg where we mm. crossed the crossroads and went out to the turnaround point uh, same sort of thing just um keep a lid on it <laughs> control mm. it still felt like it wasn't the time to you know sort of give whatever was left and that was the bit that had the climbs in it um and then um I got to the turnaround point, turned and started coming back and um, I was third last off. And the second last rider, I'd hit lap when I hit the turnaround point mm. and the second last rider, we'd pass across paths at 45 seconds. So if we are going a minute off, I figured that I had the time mm. up on him. Mm-hmm. And then um, the chap who won it last year, he came around a corner close to the other chap mm-hmm. so i figured he was about 50 seconds away from the turn off and mm-hmm. so he having left two minutes after me i figured he was in front mm-hmm. of me um and so for a moment i sort of thought oh that's first place gone <laughs> <laughs> and then i thought no yeah. <laughs> you've been riding control yeah just the time. the time to you know do what you can to the line and um yeah and just started riding and suddenly i hadn't actually thought about any of the riders in front of me up till mm. then because mm. i was just thinking about mm. our own Your numbers own plan, yeah. and um and suddenly i was these, you changed to a competitor didn't you yeah, yeah and two or three riders came up so i thought oh, i'm actually moving all right i'm actually going okay and um and that just sort of fed into that you know i sort of had wanted to keep the bike speed up mm. and just fed into the whole return leg mm. and 
um, I was pretty stoked with that return leg because um, if the guy had time up on me, I obviously was able to pull that back and a bit more. Yeah. And um, and it was pretty fast compared to it Rossi was, and yes. Stephen Lane. It was uh, yeah, you know, very sort of with, time yeah within yeah. nine seconds of Rossi and twenty of Steen Lane, yeah. Steve Lane on the way back. So. I was doing something right. Yeah. Or the, our, our plan was right. Yeah. Because I was able to pull that out and it was an unreal feeling, really. <laughs> what, a, what a way to come home as well. Yeah. Did that, yeah. That's the mentally hardest part of the race, that last 5K when it's really hurting. Did you be feeling really good there or were you starting to fade at all? Or? Uh, oh, no, Especially it was hurting. It was, it was just, yeah, it was definitely hurting. I think there's a photo of me on that on that corner mm. coming back and mouth's wide open and I'm, can't get enough oxygen in <laughs> um, your focus and your mindset's different though isn't yeah, it this, yeah. is, this is what I've trained for this yeah. is why I'm here I'm I'm just going to I can breathe for 10 seconds after the race yeah. But I, yeah I am going to give it everything and if I get to the finish and it's not good enough that's fine yeah but I don't want to leave myself wondering oh, if I could have I should have yeah in any a event that you train and prepare for there are times when you follow the numbers and then there are times when you go for a pb and that point you're talking about yep. was now it's time to switch from a rider who's following the plan yep. to now you're released from the plan yeah and you now are totally focused on riding as fast and a bigger number as you can yep. and that's what performance on the big day is about mm. performing a pb on the day yeah you know, otherwise we would just perform the same standard race every week. Yeah. We want to better the previous race. So yeah. these are the numbers you've done before. Let's not equal them. Yeah. That's the time for you to, yeah. to, which is what you did. You've changed the mindset from, okay, I followed the plan. Yeah. Now I have to, I have to race now. Mm. Mm. And that's what won you that race. Mm. Your ability mm. to understand how to execute. Yeah. From a following structured plan to now I'm racing. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, winning by seven seconds, you've probably beaten that guy by 25 seconds over the last section. Mm. If you were 10 or 15 seconds behind him, mm. you've, you know, you've won by seven and caught 15. So yeah. Yeah. showed you, had you not followed the plan, you wouldn't have had the power yeah. to finish like that. Yeah, so. no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. We're still, we, we still talk, you know, we've talked about it since the, um, it felt like on that first and second leg that you could have, um, ridden up beside us and asked us how we going. Oh yeah, it was all right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, that was I don't, I don't know why, but it just felt like that. It felt, and at you know, at times I sort of thought, oh, maybe I should be going harder, or because I'm feeling like that. But the numbers don't lie. <laughs> and one of the things we talked about was yeah. you will feel fantastic because it's not like any other week that we've had in 16 weeks or 12 weeks, because there is no fatigue. Mm, you, right. you are racing tapered so right. so don't be fooled right oh i feel unbelievable this isn't even hurting me for for 15 minutes or you know 16 minutes you know and all of a sudden it will kick in if you mm. execute poorly mm. then you'll i've got half a dozen people i've spoken to who rode too hard and came home like a snail mm. um tapered and don't confuse the tapering for and right. um, you know that's one of the key things i think is why the plan's so important because obviously it's the freshest you'll feel in 16 weeks yeah so you feel like you're you know superman and yeah. you can ride fast way faster than this but 
but it's still about patience no matter whether the event's 30 minutes mm. or two hours or five hours it's yep. it's just executing over that distance yeah and i think that's the one thing you've learned so much better than when we first started yeah you probably had similar um, you're a better writer now but you are still a good writer but mm. you just had no plan to execute in any time trial and you don't even understand how much you know now compared mm. to guys who turn up to a time trial still think it's about writing as hard as you can for as long as you can yeah and that's and, how they write and hopefully they will produce yeah. a result yeah. Yeah. yeah and that actually makes sense logically what's a time mm. trial that's what mm. but you know what is the event has it got hills has it got wind has it got downhills mm. you know and you need to have different plans for all those um, sections and we are always dividing the course up aren't we Joe yeah, into sectors yeah, and yeah and you know you're that's what I'm saying about your knowledge of of mm. um, time trialing is people yeah people just think it's just well fastest guy wins um, or he mm. does mm. but the person who executes the best will win better than the fastest guy yeah um, we actually did a podcast on this and podcast was how to execute the perfect time trial and uh, you can go listen to it um right but we recorded it and you actually asked me not to release it before nationals because Ah. it was the plan that you guys were going to implement and Ah, you didn't want the competitors to know because if they implement this plan it's such an effective plan and it's funny that (laughs) you know we talk about the three people from tribolo that stuck to this plan yeah you know won the national title so Mm. in that you joe and rossi so yeah yeah yeah, no, it's so true, and, and I, I was really adamant to George because this is the the podcast had so much about uh, not only the execution in the race, but you know um, the type of sessions you should be doing, uh, right. your, your pre race uh, preparation, your taper, right. your warm up. Yep. Um, you know every single aspect: when to warm up, um, how to time your start time backwards from your mm. warm up, all the things mm. you've learnt. Um, mm. Um, yeah, you, you just forget about all that stuff. Um, yeah, well, the first first the first couple of times I was I did when I joined the Travella, I could never I could never get to the venue in time. <laughs> I could never do, a rush. I could never do a warm up. <coughs> you were that guy at the impossible. Nationals who was fumbling with his gun. Yeah, and, that's it. And something's not the tires yeah. are not not tired, and I haven't got my number on. <laughs> and you're at, you're at the at the start in time. Yeah, calm. And even having the right information on your screen yeah, in your ready. race. Yeah. To, to, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. To, to make sure that yep. you've got lap power, yep. average power, yep. average speed. Yeah, just... Heart rate, cadence. The right, the right data to mm. be feeding back to you. Yeah. Um, and people have just got time on their yeah. screen or whatever. Speed and... So if you want to listen to the exact plan that, that they followed, then you can go listen to that podcast. <laughs> and go into detail how you actually did yeah. it. Yeah. So it seems like an obvious question, but how did you feel once you realised you won? Uh, well, I got back to the. Uh, well, I looked down at my watch and uh, after across the line, and uh, I thought twenty four would be a good time on the course, but obviously it was under that. Uh, for for me, I mean, and got under that, and I thought, oh, okay, <laughs> and then got back, and uh, Troy and Jen were at the at the Trivello 10 and they were looking at the thing and, and they're saying, all oh, the riders are back in, you're still at the top. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, you kidding me. <laughs> so I didn't believe them at yeah. first, but uh, then I had a look and uh, yeah, there it was. So 
That was pretty cool. Feeling. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was a pretty special, bit emotional. It was a pretty yeah. special uh, five minutes, I tell you. Yeah, um, uh, it was yeah. special too because um, yeah, I came off the bike nine days before and <laughs> with Troy doing a two-man tee. It was my fault. Uh, well, car came out of side street. Didn't look like it was going to stop, and mm. I was too um, too close on Troy's wheel, and you know, dark in the morning and whatnot. But anyway, I came down, and you know that. Obviously, the first thought is, uh, <laughs> what's it, how's this going to impact on the national sales? Pretty like, I know Troy might have felt a bit uh, bad about that as well, and I don't know. So it was pretty cool that <laughs> it didn't affect mm. anything. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I was pretty. <laughs> it's a big I, journey, isn't it, to go from way back at the start when you couldn't turn up on time to standing on the podium at nationals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My visions of Joe on the podium, that was the, that's kind of, yeah, I, you, you don't, you envisage that that might be what the result right. might be, right. but to finally see him there with the medal around his neck on the top podium, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, pretty it's cool. very emotional. So. <laughs> And, and of course, I got to see Jerry on the podium yeah. three times. Yeah. Yeah. And he got the national jersey, which was my second goal for the national chance that I didn't quite mm. achieve. So that was pretty pretty special to see yeah. him just, train just, through. Sorry. I yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say before your next point, um, there was a couple of other guys who actually went as a group to the nationals. Um, yeah. Oh, one in particular, and there was other people as well who really prepared quite well, and and they didn't get the top podium, but they still did a PB on the day and mm. outperformed. And I'm talking about Troy mm. in particular. Um, you know, we had Tom Marsh as well, who probably his first go at it, um, although his first real go at it, but executed really poorly. Did the first half too too hard, etc. That's a learning experience, but if you won't mind just saying that, really. no, definitely not. And he knows that we've had a big discussion about it. But uh, but but Troy's performance on the day was outstanding. But at the end of the day, it didn't get in the top podium. And there's a lot of good riders in his age group. Um, and you know, it it is not all about the result; it is the journey and the process. And that's one of the things that people have got to remember. If you get beaten on the day by people who are better than you mm. then you you've got to be happy with with exactly what what you've what you've done how you've gone about it and it's disappointing to not get the top result but um i think you know kudos to troy um i really think that he he was probably in terms of performance he might have performed better than joe better than myself mm. definitely Rossi would say this mm. um, in terms of personal performance Troy was probably the number one performer yeah. in our mm. in our group that day yet didn't get on the podium so you know as much That's as we all close. yeah as much as we all love yeah. uh, winning yeah. it's not everything um, it is it is reward um, but but you know um, Troy's still he's one of those people who's going to win a national title um, mm. and it's just persistence and um, and he is, he is improving every single uh, year he's been doing it. So, mm. you know, it's really good for people to hear that and, mm. and that, um, you know, just because you had the, a great preparation doesn't mean you're going to get the end result. Um, mm. You've still got to have things go your way. So, um, so Troy also rode the road race oh. and 
so well. was outstanding. Yeah. Um, and and ended up almost riding solo and, and held his position uh, mm. just off the podium. He got fourth and fifth in the time trial on the road race. Um, so, you know, he missed out on third by seven seconds in the time trial and missed out on winning by 20. So mm. there's not a lot in it. Mm. Um, so there's just little margins there, here and there. So, um, yeah, so for people listening to, you know, how Joe executed and how it all went, there are other people who did exactly the same mm. program uh, almost. Um, but there would be differences in their preparation too, personal differences and what they were doing um when I'm asking them to do certain things, uh, whether they do it or not, is it still up to them? Mm. Um, but I know 100% that Joe's done you know, everything beyond uh, when I'm telling him that he has, has to do a second session in the afternoon on the rollers. Um, there it is, comes up, it's done. You know, Whether he started at 8.30 at night or 9 o'clock at night, he's done it. Um, so people need to hear that that's the sacrifices that he made um, that eventually got to a, where where he ended up, um, um, and if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. But it's not that easy. There are things that are going to take a sacrifice um, to get to that um, to that eventual uh, uh, result. Um, and it's as we said at the start, it's a combination of a lot of things. But um, yeah, so sorry to cut you off on no, that question. But... Um, we won't keep Joe too much longer because we want to let him go to work. Um, but I think what I wanted to know after the whole experience from both of you, I mean, what what did you learn from from the last three years, but getting to this point, and again, yeah, winning isn't everything, but um, getting the result you wanted. You know, what, mm. what are the biggest things you've learned going forward, and what do you want to take? Or just say to other people that have um, that are trying to persist as well, mm. um, but uh, maybe stuck or just aren't quite getting the result. Oh just learned that the program works yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i just yeah learned that um yeah you can improve um <laughs> you know sort of been i keep saying to a few people that it's sort of a bit of a self you know uh, it feels like it's a self-discovery another self-discovery um for me personally um you know i never uh, Jerry said to me when I joined, you know, you're good in one of those brutal conversations, you know, you're a good 80 to 90% rider. Um, and, you know, that's basically, that's your lot unless you change the way you train. So, um, you know, that was a, a little bit difficult to hear, but <laughs> it was the truth because mm. that's, that's only wherever I trained and rode at that was mm. it and I was sort of almost scared to to ride mm. beyond 100% you know to ride to really hurt myself um, and still when I look at that program I think oh Thursday's looking you know yeah. 9 by 1s or something and yeah. uh, you know 100 and whatever mm. 120 to 150 160% of your threshold but whatever you know you still look at that and think oh Jesus that's going to it's yeah. gonna hurt, but yeah, I don't know. More more often than not, these days you seem to be able to find a way to hit hit those numbers, and then you sort of come away from it and think, oh shit, I can, mm. I can do this, and yeah. There's a couple of Wednesdays. There was one in particular I remember, and uh, I think I was really struggling on that Wednesday, and we were doing some strength efforts on the one and twenty after we'd done our whole session. It was the finish, and. I could barely push the pedals on the first effort and we're supposed to do three 
And I just said to Joe, unfortunately, um, that's it for me. Mm. Um, I, I can't, I can't ride. I was getting cramp. Was, something was wrong. Just one of those days. And and some other people go, oh yeah, okay, we'll we'll stop there. Joe's went straight back down the hill, back up, and did his next strength effort. I was waiting at the top to see what he was doing. Then I realised he's going to do all three. Of course. What am I thinking? <laughs> and yeah. uh, Rossi and I went home and. Joe came back home, I don't know, 35 minutes later, having done all three and progressed the way we'd asked him to, didn't miss a beat. That's the sort of thing that, you know, if your body's still able to do what the session says, and for me that day it didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't execute Mm. and it's time to shut it down. Mm. Um, And that's Mm. another thing you you have to learn when you you know it's not right, then don't keep pushing the Mm. barrow too far, otherwise you put yourself into a hole. But Mm. but the, the point I was trying to get was that, you know, Joe's program was the program and how 100% he was focused on doing it that was an example of yeah mm. I've still got my program to do I'll see you I'll see you when I get back home mm. um, which yeah it was pretty impressive it's probably an indicator of the um, this year's preparation compared to mm. other years yeah yeah most definitely and I think Joe's ability and willingness to embrace the change uh, well, when he said earlier I'm going to do it 100% and look I had the same conversation with Rossi. Um, you know, we've worked together for three years and and Rossi's a good rider. He's a very elite A-grade rider and, you know, not willing to 100% trust me and he would he would agree with this conversation wholeheartedly. Um, he just wanted to do his version. Yeah, those, mm. those sessions are good, but I'll just do my own version and, and he was still doing well. There's no doubt about it. But... We had a uh, couple of, uh, I think he had a little bit of an injury and then we decided just to part ways a little bit for six months or so. Then I got a phone call. He said, all right, I'm going to do it your way 100%. And I said, unbelievable, fantastic, let's go. The first goal was the Nationals at Meetung. Meetung. <laughs> um, the Tour of Bright. Um, and we were thinking about doing the Elite Time Trial. He came out and beat everybody, got the fastest time at the Nationals, did only, the program. Only person under 20 only, yeah, minutes. Did the program 100%. <laughs> did, yeah, he trained exactly the same way as Joe. Everything we said he did, we, he did. Um, then he went to the Tour of Brighton, beat everybody there, was mm. second fastest, including the elite. Mm. Um, on the TT. On the TT. And, yeah. and really, just another example of... The program's great if you embrace it 100%, but it's an, it's not just, here's the program, go do it. It's a it's a conversation. How are you feeling, mm. Joe? Mm. Are you okay this week? It's it's those things that, the, that you know, it's as I said, you, get, you can do a program from the internet, but it's 50%. A program that we know works, plus having a coach mm. to actually guide you along the way is going to make the difference. And having that feedback, for me, is the only way you'll get better. Mm. here's a program off you go never hear from me again that's it's just not going to cut it no because you just you, you, you're blind with you know it says I should do it I feel shocking it says I should do it so I go and do it and I get worse mm. and that's kind of one of the things that I think I've learnt the most out of when coaching people is that um, the program will work as long as it's a, a partnership between the athlete and the coach and I get the good feedback. I'm giving them the good information, but I need the good feedback to yeah. let me know how they're coping. Right. And it is a much better outcome if it's a team 
a team sort of uh, focus where the coach and you are, you, you're one. And I'm, hopefully that's what you experienced. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was when that, like we said before, when I, when I committed to the program, then there was this real synergy and this, you know, almost this continual progress that I could see happening within me. Sort of things were, <laughs> yeah, seemingly happening all the time. To, you know, it felt like the graph was... Mm. Always going up. Don't forget, George, Joe's mm. gone from when we first started to being a young 50-year-old to now in his mid-55s, mm. and he's riding that much better than yeah. he was five years ago, yeah. six mm. years ago. And people say, oh, I'm getting older, I'm going to get slower. Well, that's possibly true, but not if if you're willing to put the, the work and the effort and have the right inf- information to mm. train to you know we've got nick granger who's done the same for five years mm. his, his times have improved mm. as a 65 year old to 69 year old mm. so if anybody comes to me saying i just want to you know i just want to hold my well i'm saying why why don't you want to get better mm. i don't care yeah. what what age you are <laughs> you, you can get better yeah. joe's proved it he's gone from you know middle of the pack 11th place in a time trial three years ago four years ago whatever it was three yeah. Yeah. to on top of the podium you know mm. the, the rider you were then the rider you are now mm. completely different people mm. I think that's one of my favourite things you say is that age isn't a barrier mm. no it mm. will be a barrier at some point but mm. you always say you know you've got Nick Ranger who's still going yeah probably still will be improving to his 70s so yeah yeah it's exciting for everybody to understand it you know I get a couple of guys who are just turning 40, 39, going, oh, I'm getting older, you know, losing a little bit of my form. Mm. I'm just laughing. Mm. Mm. What are you talking about? At that age. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so. No, that's really good. I uh, really appreciate you coming on, Joe, to tell your story. It's um, it's awesome for me to watch and for me to hear and hear Dad's perspective. Is there anything else that you'd like to add to, in terms of your perspective? Um, Especially, you said to me after that it was one of the most emotional wins you feel like you've had as a coach. Yeah. Absolutely, and even now when I think about it, I still get emotional. <laughs> I can, um, if I can link it to how you feel as a parent, right? Um, whenever my kids succeed, Achieve, yeah. Uh, I don't mean succeed as in winning. I mean succeed as in in just performing above their level. Mm. It's just it, that's the feeling I get from a coach. Mm. That's what I experience with you and Rossi and mm. um, and Troy, Troy and. Yeah. Um, and the guys who perform poorly, it's it's a completely reverse feeling. It feels yeah. like you've let them down. Right. Um, you haven't you haven't done something well for them. Right. But oh. the other scenario on the other side is yeah. it's just the best feeling. It's better than me winning. Mm. People say, "Oh, that's a bit hard," but but <laughs> I got more satisfaction out of seeing you win than than me winning my race. Wow. Um, mm. And that's the feeling I have whenever my my children have done something well. Um, yeah, that you're so proud. It's it's mm. uh, it's very emotional. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I, I love that point, and it's good that you really made it clear that it's not just about the podium. The podium is a great result for yeah. riders that put in that effort. Um, but like you said before, you know, someone that does a PB is as impressive as a podium um, for them because they performed on the day. And we didn't go into it too much today in terms of your preparation performance, but <clears throat> that's an interesting one because everyone expects Dad to win. Yes. Um, yeah. Whereas I know that you know, 10 weeks out, you were not in a state to win. 
Um, and I think we might talk about that another time because I really do want to talk about it. But um, yeah, the, it the, is just you're comparing your personal performance, right? The only one thing which is which form what we talked about before. Um, form is something that uh, never it never leaves you. Um, uh, if you've been a good rider um, and you've been to the top level, um, the self belief is there. It's just doing the work whereas mm. with Joe it was the opposite um, um, he was always doing the work but he didn't have the self-belief <clears throat> he needed to tinker with the work there's no doubt about that mm. but from my point of view the expectation of winning I know that I can do it I've done it <laughs> and I'm not going to be boasting here I'm just telling people the way my thought process works is I've won that three times can I do it a fourth time? That was my challenge to my, to myself. You heard me. If I'm going to do this, I have to get my mind right. Mm. And uh, I know what the program, I know what program I have to do. Mm. It's there in front of me. Um, but I have to get my mind right. Am I willing to commit 100% to doing it? Right. And that was the difference between me 12 to 16 weeks out. I was in really poor form. And you would, mm. you know, you saw how poorly yeah. I was riding. And, and just getting my mind right that, okay, if I want to perform on the day, work backwards from that point and what do I have to do in between? And one of the things is be motivated to do everything correctly. And you know what I did with diet, mm. um, with my, all the one percenters. Mm-hmm. Um, no alcohol, extra yeah. walking. Yeah, walk the dog every day. Walking is a crucial part of uh, yeah. recovery. Um I was in the altitude tent for four weeks and at 4,000 metres and, you know, all the, all the things I knew that would help me. Um, but as long as I was positive mentally, um, having done it before, and this is something that the next step for Joe, mm. now you've done this, you must... And I think there's a couple of podcasts we talked about with Andre Agassi mm. when he was a winner, yeah. how he handled himself yep. when he was getting beaten and losing the difference in um his outward i don't even know how to describe demeanor, it. demeanor. Yeah. yeah um so you've got a you don't want to be arrogant no. you want to be humble in victory but yeah. but you've done it you've been to the top of the tree for mm. that particular event mm. now i'm going to go there again and again, again and again yeah um yeah and you know your next challenge is the tour of bride, and yeah, and that's that's something that's going to be awesome for you to embrace. And yeah, and now that you know you can time troll against the best in Australia, um, mm. you know that's the next challenge for you, and you should have that confidence now. That um, oh yeah, well I definitely don't want to be a one hit wonder. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely, you know, sort of um, got my head feel like my head screwed on right yeah. in terms of that. Yeah. challenge yeah um and i did uh, with regards to your dad it was pretty amazing i had the benefit of doing maybe two at least two training rides a week so i did see the progress in that last 12 to 16 weeks and then at the nationals to see him race on it obviously didn't get to see him do the tt because we were on the course at roughly the same time <clears throat> but to see him win the road race and the crit and to see him win you know, disassemble the field, if you like, particularly in the road race. Um, yeah, that was pretty amazing. So, um, you know, from my point of view, that was uh, a great, 
I, I've had a tremendous advantage, I reckon, over a lot of um, people um, to yeah, to experience his progression over that 12 weeks and then to ultimately win every race. That's pretty amazing. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The road race, uh, it's got about a 600 metre flat bit at the top yeah. to the line after the climb. And when Jerry crossed the line, there was no sign of anybody else yeah. still in the distance. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was pretty incredible. Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we won't go on it anymore. Yeah. I mean, you would put it down to that self-belief um, mm. that got you there. Um, we have spoken about that in yep. other podcasts, but we might leave it there. Yep. Thanks for joining us. Thanks no for sticking around after the ride. Thanks. That was great. Um, good to see you. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing more future wins. Um, and that's it for us for this episode. Anything else you'd like to say? No, that's great. Thanks, Joe, so much for giving us your Thanks, time Jerry. and your insight Thanks, to your, how you uh, thought it all went and panned out. And um, yeah, it's a it's a really uh, there's one thing that we always talked about um, the drive home um, from any time that you've done well is kind of like the sweetest time I reckon. Yeah. And we followed each other <laughs> home from Adelaide, and it was you, it was probably <laughs> it, it's the worst drive ever, but it, right, was, yeah, it was so good. Uh, um, yeah, so um, yeah, I always uh, look. I, I won't go on, but Jason uh, Eardley, um uh, had gone from D grade Criterion Racing to A grade and then won his first uh, um, Casey Fields A grade uh, Masters race and and I was ringing him on his drive home <laughs> and, <laughs> and the joy that was coming over, over the phone was oh, I just fucking won my first race <laughs> and then he won three he won, he, and then I said oh I'm just deal. doing the victory drive home yeah. call here yeah. to yeah. you Jason and he goes yeah, it's so sweet, isn't it? That yeah. drive home. He said, winning today, I was thinking about that as well. Um, can't wait to talk to the coach and yeah. um, have another chat about the victory drive home. So um, yeah, they're the, the funny parts. About, yeah. Um, yeah. It's all good. So, yeah. so thanks, Joe, for, yeah, your, for your time. Thank you. No, awesome. Thanks very much for listening. I really enjoyed that story. We're going to try and do more of them. Um, we might get Rossi on to talk about his experience of um, mm. winning twice in a row and the stuff you said about coming to the Nationals last year. Um, and we'll keep doing the podcast on people like to hear and a lot of people like to hear how to improve and um, how to get the best out of themselves and that's what we're all about at Trivella Coaching so thanks for listening and we'll see you next time